All right. Hey, it's Brent Leary. It's, yeah, it's the first a few good minutes of the week. Wow. These weeks are just kind of running uh, right next to each other, but I am glad to be doing this conversation. Uh, last year, a little over a year ago, I had an opportunity to speak to Brian Kenton Zero from uh, NVIDIA. And we had this really great conversation about how you know, they are using technology like uh, conversational AI, graphical AI, voice synthesis, all these cool technologies to try to improve the way that we engage each other, whether it's through imagery or whether it's through you know sound and voice and all these cool things. So I am so really excited to talk to Eric Pounds, who is, I want to make sure I get your title right, Senior Director of Enterprise Computing and Data Science at NVIDIA to kind of see what's been going on the last uh, last year since my conversation with Brian. So Eric, thank you for joining me, man. This is great. Yeah, hey, Brent. Uh, pleasure to be on your your show. Uh, happy to be here. We can talk about talk about the trends in AI and and, and what's going on and in improving you know customer experiences you know with AI and how this is all evolving. Uh, you know, a lot of us. You know, we experience this as consumers, aside from those of us that produce technology and, you know, and help customers integrate technology, we experience these things on a daily basis, you know, as we integrate with, you know, our own personal lives and services and things like this. And, and definitely we're in this time of transformation and, and we can probably all feel certain things happening, but also we understand there's a long way to go. Yeah. So, you know, so anyway, there's, um, you know, it's a, it's a great time right now to be working in this area. Cool. So when I talked to Brian last year, it seemed like there was this set of videos that had recently come out uh, that uh, NVIDIA put out. I think it's like I am AI or something like that. And so it was some really cool stuff like, you know, showing how uh, this kind of symphony of music was created with AI and how, you know, the person uh, narrating the video was, uh, was, you know, a synthetic voice, all these really cool things. And so um, as we started talking, Brian said something that really stood out to me. And I'm going to play you a clip from sure. uh, me talking to Brian last week, uh, last year. Excuse me. It's a story about AI getting better, but it's also a story about how humans work more closely with AI to build things. We're hard at work on algorithms that are able to predict all of that humanity, the, the rhythm, the, the inflection, the pitch. And I think that we are going to, you know, see some pretty amazing advances in that over the next few years, where we can have a fully push button speech synthesis system that has the right inflection to go along with the meaning of the text. When you yeah. speak, a lot of the meaning is conveyed through the inflection of your voice, not just the meaning of the words that you choose. If we have models that are able to understand the meaning of text, like some of these amazing language models, we should be able to use those to direct speech synthesis in a way that has meaning. I, I love pretty much everything he said here. Uh, but now that we are kind of a year forward from that, uh, where are we today with some of these things? And maybe I should even well, take a step back, you know, because there's conversational AI. There's a term that it's thrown out a lot. There's speech AI. Maybe you can yeah. just take a, a moment just to, you know, is there any distinction between the two? Absolutely. What 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 are we dealing with when it comes to speech AI and conversational AI? Yeah, and, and just to, to, to set the stage a bit, you mentioned the IMAI video, you know, and, and 
and Brian talked a little bit there about helping humans and building a human-like experience. You know, what we show in the IMI video, those are all real stories. It shows what's going to be possible, you know, with AI. And when a lot of people think about uh, bringing AI to an application or interacting with an AI, they, 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 they think very far in advance into the future. But there's incremental steps that businesses can take to leverage these technologies to help them remain very competitive and reach their next levels of success. So when we think about you know, speech AI uh, and, and in broader you know, conversational AI technologies, um, and then we apply it to something very practical like customer service or providing better customer experiences, there's a lot of um, really incremental steps that you know, people can take to get there. When we think of speech AI, think of functions like like automatic speech recognition, where the AI is running in the background and can immediately recognize what you're saying. It can transcribe what's being said. It can then act in real time on that information. And you can provide a lot of helpful things by, by doing that. Imagine a, uh, imagine a, um, you know, a customer service agent on the back end of a phone conversation. You know, a lot of us, uh, you know, on the other end, on the consumer side, like we want to and what do we really want? Well, one, we like talking to humans. Uh, and the other is we want to get help quickly, right? So imagine using on the back end of it. So on the, on the agent side, uh, imagine if I'm talking to, to an agent trying to get some help and I'm asking a bunch of questions. Imagine if the AI is running in the background, pulling up knowledge base articles, finding information, finding helpful tools and help me answer my question. So then the agent has all this information right at their fingertips to help me solve my problem. It's like having, you know, almost like the superpower sitting right next to you uh, to help help someone have a great experience and solve their challenges, right? So when we think about AI, like especially in that context, it's not about replacing the human, you know, with a robot that you'll talk to. There's these, there's these incremental steps that are going to be able to help, uh, help businesses that provide a service to their clients for literally decades to come. You know, I went to uh, the NVIDIA website and, and found a couple of things that are really interesting. And I want to bring this up. Call center transcription. About 10 million call center agents are answering 2 billion phone calls daily worldwide. Call center use cases include all the following. Trend analysis, right. regulatory compliance, real-time security and fraud analysis, real-time sentiment analysis, real-time translation. There, I think when people, like you said, when people think of AI, they, they have this kind of narrow definition and, and a narrow kind of uh, view of what it can actually impact. But as you can see here, when it comes to really the customer experience, when they need help, it feels right. like not just the AI, but, you know, the combination of kind of at least feeling like you're communicating with a human, at least a sound, a human sounding thing <laughs> or somebody who has some sort of human empathy is just as important as having the right data at their disposal. Uh, absolutely. And you, you know, so data, data is the foundational element of all of this, right? So obviously if we transcribe a call that produces data in real time, but also there's other data that is already in existence often sitting at rest inside of a business that, that can be leveraged. And so, you know, I think one of the best strategies any business can take is figuring out, all right, what is the valuable data that, it, that I already have, that I already possess, and how can I leverage that to provide best, better customer experiences 
right? Some of it can be just general data. I mean, for example, every time a, 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 cust a customer transaction occurs, an engagement occurs, um, that produces data. You can gain a lot of you can gain a lot of information from that with regards to trends and patterns and things like this that could help future customers. Right? Uh, there's you know there's uh, you know there's also you know, every one of these often a lot of these calls interactions are transcribed and stored. You know we all hear that that part of the beginning of any call like you know this call may be you know monitored and you know and you you know if if you proceed you know this is what's going to happen. Well, um, you know. That's essentially think of that as almost like crowdsourcing information. You can really leverage that that information to to your best benefit. So I think a lot of it starts with the foundation of how you leverage and utilize data. So let's talk about you know we when you think of you know the contact center, uh, you you think of you know trying to help resolve an issue that a customer has, and and a lot of the focus and rightfully so is on trying to provide the best experience possible to a customer, particularly when they're in some sort of need, either they, you know, they could be, you know, a, a kind of a casual need. Oh yeah. It'd be great to get this done or it could be pretty urgent, but it's all about the experience of, you know, providing that, that need, you know, filling that need. But there's also the component of the actual contact center agent who wants to be able to help and, and wants to be able to, you know, provide the kind of experiences that customers are looking for. So how, how does this aspect of uh, AI, of speech AI, how does that impact the way that an employee goes about servicing and, and helping customers? Sure. I mean, we, we talked about ways that the AI can in real time transcribe what, what the information that's coming to them through their, their customer's voice and help them then pull up helpful information. Um, it can also help them even in the background resolve issues automatically where the, the, the customer service agent is the, is the friendly voice, is the navigator that's helping them get through things. But the AI can actually act on, you know, some of the challenges that are that is being expressed, you know, by, by the customer or the, or the client. I think another thing is, you know, which is, which is often overlooked is that if you're a, if you're a customer service agent or anyone helping people, uh, Nothing is more satisfying than be able to help them quickly, as well as be able to help more people during their during their you know working hours, right? So if if we could help you know agents you know help you know twenty people a day uh, instead of eight people a day, for example, there's there's just inherent satisfaction in being able to do that, right? Um, and obviously, you know, on a on a engagement by engagement basis, just increasing the overall satisfaction rate. I mean. You know, when you flip it around, you look at it from us that is engaging with these, you know, with, um, you know, with these companies as and their representatives, um, even if we start with a challenge and, you know, we may be frustrated and whatever, if that's resolved quickly, you're almost happier with that, um, with that service provider or that vendor uh, than you were even going into that, right? Because you realize, wow, they're, they're here for me when I have, when I have a tough challenge. You know, a lot of the I was reading during the kind of the peak of the pandemic, you know, the 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 growth of the number of calls coming into the contact center. It's like exponential growth. Oh, yeah. And but uh, I was reading somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, but it was like some pretty significant percentage around 40 percent or so were people calling the contact center just to talk 
just who want to, you know, kind of engage. They, you know, they were kind of, yeah, they needed help and assistance, but a lot of times they just wanted to hear uh, another uh, human voice. Can you talk a little bit about the component of this where we're not just able to have great, you know, natural language uh, transcription and understanding, but also the sentiment component, the, the ability to uh, leverage empathy along with the speech AI as part of the combination, because part of it is solving the, the challenge or, the, or helping, but the other part is how it happens and the, and the feeling that people get, not only from you know, getting you know, the thing corrected, but the manner in which the thing was corrected, the manner in which they were engaged, their community, the, the empathy going back and forth. Can you talk a little bit about where we are with that? Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you, know, as, you know, as we're talking like humans, right, often uh, when we say one thing and then you respond and I say another thing, that, that following sentence is tied to, you know, the first sentence. Um, when you look at how, uh, you know, in traditionally algorithms have worked, you know, they, they often don't, don't understand that, that context. They're not, <clears throat> they're not processing that or taking that into consideration. Um, uh, that is possible now. Um, you know, we've, for example, we've uh, we've put out some demos recently at our at our conference. Um, you know, just last month, Nvidia GTC, we put out a, a demo. It's a customer service demo using a uh, using a AI framework that we call Nvidia Tokyo, that shows exactly how this works uh, with regards to providing um, and you know an interaction that is lifelike that understands, you know kind of what I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm asking for, and be able to do it in a, in a natural uh, type of you know, flow of a human conversation. And, um, and, and that, is, that is critical as we automate more of the, of the complete process. Uh, that is, that's absolutely critical. Because like you said, we, we want to interact with humans, right? Like you said, someone calls in, they want to hear a human voice. They want, to, they want someone that is, that is friendly, that understands them, that appreciates what they're saying. Um, you know, the, uh, if the AI is built to that level, it needs to be able to do that. Otherwise, the experience isn't going to be good. I think this is, this is important when we're talking about AI technology, when it comes to speech AI or conversational AI. You know, there's a lot of technicalities of like, all right, well, what percentage of the words are you saying do I understand? And how all these, you know, am I, am I able to understand your words in a noisy environment? Am I able to do all this stuff? And, and, and that's how the technology works. But what really matters is, is it a great experience or is it not a great experience? You can apply amazing technology to this challenge and still not provide a great customer experience. And that that's the most important thing, right? So um, like, you know, we've taken the approach with our technology that like one of the, one of the most important things that we can help, help our customers do is take the AI, take these pre-trained models, and be able to customize them for their own domain and their own environments, right? So, you know, there's, you know, if you're, um, you know, if you're running a call center where most of the discussions are around are around botany, <laughs> I mean, I I can't remember the names of the plants that I've changed through <laughs> in my front yard, right? But if 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 that's the case, you need to make sure that this that this AI understands uh, certain terminologies and phrases and, and context around that domain. Or if it's you know a medical devices company, you can imagine there's there's a lot of things that 
that uh, will be discussed in that conversation that are not in a normal uh, normal conversation that an AI model would be trained in. So customization is super important, as well as lingo, right? So um, based on uh, the 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 areas of the world that your customers um, you know, live in or call in from, right? You want to be able to understand dialects, lingo, things like this, and be able to handle that properly. So uh, a lot of this is not, you can't just take a stock AI model and deploy it to work in an environment that provides a great experience everywhere. Customization is going to be going to be very important. Yeah. And I think when you think about conversational AI, you know, a lot of times you you kind of immediately, you know, not the folks that are in the trenches, but just generally speaking, a lot of folks think of, oh, a conversational. That just means, you know, voice, you know, talking, you know, you know, like a human. But it also could be interacting with a bot. Or, or some something of that nature, because it's it's still you know some sort of a language being used to get a problem solved or to make a connection. Uh, it feels like the bots, you know, the kind of the text-based uh, AI has been you know rightfully so, I think, a little further along uh, in its adoption. Where where is the voice? AI adoption with some of these things that we're talking about. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think it's advancing very very quickly. Uh, you know, like you know, even on websites, you know, where you know, almost every website you go to now, you see the little thing in the bottom right hand corner. It pops up saying, "How can I help you?" Or even sometimes now tries to understand the context of what you've been looking at. Right, it knows that you've been mm. to this page and read this article and done this, and it pops up and asks you at 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 the right time. They try and time it, ask you some question, and then. You know, if 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 you want to answer, you can, and you type you type some response, and and it actually you know it feels fairly smart. Um, I think more and more you're going to see these where where voice is going to be um, you know uh, engaged in in those types of of interactions. I also think you're going to see a lot of um, avatars being built that can you know because even if it is even if it's not human to human, you know, being able to see something that. Uh, you know, that reacts, right, versus just text pop up mm. on a straight screen, you know, gives you some level of, of comfort and, and engagement, right? So I think Avatar is another area where you're going to see I mean, that that demo I mentioned that we did at GTC with with um, with this framework called NVIDIA Tokyo is a is a very visual avatar with the idea that it, you know, it makes you makes you feel more engaged with how you interact with the service. Yeah, I'm listening to you talk and thinking about you know, just enterprises and and a lot in the in the kind of CRMCX space. There's a lot of focus on kind of the vendors that I I interact with a lot. You know, the kind of the Microsoft, the SAPs, the Salesforces, and Oracles, and things of that nature. And um, they're focused on this. You know, really building out the platforms and in industries and and understanding. You know, what uh, what needs to happen or what kind of platform features or functionalities uh, need to be, you know, kind of presented for particular vertical industries. Um, how hard is that to take into consideration when you're doing this? Because like you said, there's the kind of the general language, uh, uh, you know, there's general independent language and understanding all the, the, you know, the words and grammar that goes into that. There's, you know, different multi-languages, then you have to figure all that stuff. And then there's actual domain and industry uh, piece. How far along are we in being able to kind of uh, use these technologies 
and 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 use them in particular industries and understand the do, the kind of the domain speak and and what's going on in those particular industries and being able to pull these technologies together that to, to touch on those things. So um, we're well from a customization standpoint, we're there now. So for example, you had Nvidia. We have a our speech AI framework is called Nvidia Riva. As part of that framework, it comes with a set of pre-trained models. So these are AI models that you know you can literally deploy untouched, and they operate. But you mentioned like each, you know, each, whether it's each industry or each type of business, you know, they have their own, they have their own vocabulary, they have their own conversations that come up often, and that AI model needs to be able to participate. Uh, uh, very well in that domain. Otherwise, you're not going to have a great experience. So, for example, the way it would work is you could take like one of these NVIDIA Riva pre-trained models um, and then you can take your own data. So let's just say trans transcriptions of existing calls. You could take that data and then you can retrain the, the NVIDIA model with that data and essentially make it your own and make it make it work really well for your domain. So think of the pre-trained model. It's like we use like a football analogy. It's like starting on the, your, your opponent's 10 yard line. Like you're already 90% of the way there. And then you use your own data and customize it to get across the goal line to provide that, that great experience. So mm. NVIDIA Riva has those pre-trained models. And then we have a, a, uh, a tool uh, that we call Tau Toolkit. You apply your own data, retrains the model. Now you have a model customized for your own environment. Mm. So that's one, that's one example. So I think when you're, you know, and, and you know, we're, we're early on in this, right? So the leaders in each industry are still somewhat paving the way. A lot of enterprises don't like being a leader. They love being fast, a fast follower. And so I think now is, now is the time for these fast followers. You know, we have these, we have the, the AI built, we have these tools available where they can take it and, and make use of it and, and bring these types of um, types of capabilities to their own environment. So uh, it's, um, it's, it's very important. I would say, because like, the things that really matter to get, to get this across the line is, um, yeah, don't, you don't want to start from scratch. So pre-trained models are, are a great way to start. Um, often enterprises have to deploy these technologies in, in many different areas always take a cloud native approach. That doesn't mean you have to deploy it in the cloud, but a cloud native approach, it can run in any public cloud, it can run in a data center, it can run in an edge colo, it can run wherever you need it to run and move around, right? Um, and and leverage, you know, try and find it when you, when you, uh, when you develop, you know, an AI capability, try and make it usable by multiple services. Uh, try not to silo things. So, you know, there's a, there's a there's a there's a way that enterprises are doing this through like a microservices architecture to deploy some service, and then multiple applications can then tap into and and leverage that service through an API. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting ways to get this going. Yeah. So, uh, what are some of the things that are, uh, you know, maybe companies are still trying to get their head around in terms of moving forward with this. You know, it sounds like there's already, I mean, you said it's still early days, but there's still things that are, that are already in place that you can start to build on. Or are there things that are still challenges that are keeping companies from really moving forward with some of the things that we've already just talked about? Yeah. I mean, and 
in the context of, of, of this conversation, like you mentioned, you know, you have good relationship with a bunch of companies that build these, these CRM platforms that are used by, you know, many different enterprises, you know, and organizations, you know, often an enterprise has, they have their existing, you know, service stack or tech stack, and they want to do something new. Um, you know, sometimes that, you know, where they are today uh, has some limitations. Um, so, you know, it's, that often adds some complexities because part of it is, well, I can build this my own on my own and plug it into my existing platform. Or sometimes you got to go back to your ISV, you know, make a feature request saying, hey, we really want to do this. What are your ideas? I think most importantly, it's, it's you know, get those conversations going, understand the data that's at your fingertips, understand what you can do on your own, what your ISVs are capable of doing, what you can even possibly uh, be able to do if you had just a little bit of consulting help. I, and I think um, just having that full understanding so you can make uh, positive steps forward. I mean, most AI, most first AI projects inside enterprises uh, are, you know, are used to kind of, they, they cut their teeth with them, right? They're not always successful. This is a new technology. Uh, so I would say, you know, being prepared as much as possible um, so you have uh, you know, the greatest chance of success in your first project is super important right now. Yeah. You know, I, I think of, you know, the contact center is just a very natural place to, for companies to start uh, with some of these technologies. But one of the things that I've, I've had this like this fantasy, I, I, I kind of stepping outside a little bit of, of the traditional kind of CX landscape, but just being able to, you know, get one of the things, let's, let's say from uh, a CRM application perspective, if, if, particularly if you're like uh, a salesperson, they hate do using CRM. They don't like putting in stuff. They don't want to, they don't, they didn't sign up to type or swipe or click. They really wanted to go out and, you know, build relationships and, and sell things. Uh, and my whole, my fantasy is like, wouldn't it be cool if uh, you could just talk to your, enterprise application, whether it's CRM or ERP or whatever acronym you want to throw out there. If you could just talk to it, like we're talking right now and get your stuff done. Is that just mere fantasy or is, do you see a day when we actually could do that no. kind of conversation with our apps? <laughs> no, it shouldn't be. I mean, especially nowadays when most of these, you know, you mentioned like, okay, I've got, you know, I've got to go back into Salesforce and update this record after I have this conversation with this, with this customer of prospect and if I, you know, and, and we all know, right. A lot of times these, these records aren't that well updated and then, hmm. and then the business doesn't have the intelligence it needs to move forward, right. The pipeline's not up to date. Um, you, you're not able to learn from that. A lot of these conversations now are like we're having, right. They're, they're, they're remote. They're not, you know, in a conference room in some building, or even if they're in a conference room in some building, there's often somebody, who is remote. And so there is a system listening to this conversation. I mean, just alone, just being able to tran transcribe that conversation and be able to do that for, um, you know, in this case, the, the, you know, the, you know, the, the account manager or whoever's involved would be great. And that's all capable today. So, I mean, it, cause I'll, it's just like this conversation, this conversation is transcribed. You're using some, you know, some ASR function to transcribe the conversation. Then you're applying some, you know, NLU or NLP uh, function to understand the context of what the heck we're talking about. And then you could pretty easily go and update a lot of those standard fields. And this is all repetitive stuff. I mean, the more repetitive an activity is, the easier it should be to apply AI. Yeah. 
Yeah, as, as I listened to you talk about it, I know that this is being transcribed in real time. Because if you go to, I think, on Facebook, you actually see it. All, and it always freaks me out. You know, wait a minute. That word looked like it came up before I actually said it. <laughs> but here it is being transcribed. It's really interesting to see that. And it's also taking those transcriptions, running it through the AI, you know, finding the, you know, uh, potentially important insights being able to relay those insights in real time during a conversation and provide uh, a next best action kind of recommendation all in real time. It seems like there's a lot of incentive to do that, but it also feels like, you know, maybe you could tell me if we, if we were to say you use the football analogy, I'm going to go baseball on you. I'm going to say, are we, what inning are we in with all this technology to get us to, you know, kind of the promised land of, of conversational speech AI. Where, where are we? Well, I, I mean, I would say, uh, you know, what we have today um, can provide immense capabilities to enterprises and organizations today. So, mm. you know, in one sense, um, there's so much available to leverage. But in the in the in the greater scheme of things, I mean, it's ever evolving, right? I mean, I would say, yeah, we're in the. You could say we're in the early innings. I think we're going to be in the early innings for for a long time. We're in this, this is a, this is a, uh, this is a, this is a wave of, of new technology and technology transformation uh, that, um, you know, it's like, you know, we went through, you know, we went through the internet wave and we went through the, the mobile phone wave. I mean, this is just as big of a wave, if not bigger. So uh, it, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna go on for some time, you know, and um, you know, it's like, I, I'd say the best way is just to engage, right? you know, get, you know, get, get, get involved early. And there's a lot of low hanging fruit to leverage, right? I, I know a lot of times people think of, okay, I want to apply AI to this challenge. It's like, oh, it feels like boiling the ocean, but it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be boiling the ocean. I mean, like even we're talking about contact centers and providing customer experiences, just how quickly can I get to a, uh, you know, to an agent, whether it's, whether it's a human or virtual that can help me out. I mean, a lot of times we spend minutes um, just preparing for the, the automated system in the back, in the background to, to, to make a decision of who that system wants to put me in touch with. Um, especially if, if it's a client of yours, that should be very rapid. You already know a lot about your clients. Leverage that, you know, in these experiences uh, to um, you know, to get their issue resolved as quickly as possible. Like, here's an example. Uh, I've I have four kids. I've I've probably called Costco to order pizza five thousand times. Like, why do I have to? I call the same number every time, and I push the same numbers on the phone tree. That should be automated, right? That'd be really. Wouldn't it be nice if I called in and said, "Oh, hello, Mr. Pounds. Would you like to order four pizzas again?" Yes, that'd be great. And then I'm off the call. Yeah. Uh, you know that could. There's an example of something that AI could do. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, I use I have a Google TV subscription. It feels like, you know, they're learning a lot about, you know, what I watch, when I watch. And I noticed that at certain times of the day, and I don't know, maybe we're getting a little off topic, but at certain times of the day, when I turn the TV on, it prompts me for the, you know, the, the stations or shows that I traditionally watch at that time of the day. So you get, you could feel the learning and you could feel it moving in. And, and then to, to a certain extent, 
that's almost like a silent conversation that that uh, you know I'm having with with this device because the device is learning through all the other interactions I have. You know what I what it should do for me at a particular point in time. So that uh, this is really uh, this is just really fascinating stuff. So last question: uh, When I talk to maybe you next year. Uh, after another year of uh, going, you know, seeing developments take place, uh, what are we going to be talking about that's going to be, you know, kind of actually something that was, you know, we think it'll happen, but maybe a year from now, we're actually going to be doing some of these things. Yeah, I, I really think in a year from now, you're just going to see a lot more adoption of these capabilities. I, I think... Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're in an interesting time right now, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of global uncertainty. There's uncertainty in the markets. Uh, now is the time where every business and organization is thinking about efficiency. And I think because of that alone, you know, that, that paired with the technology that's at our fingertips today, I think you're going to see a lot of changes in this next year because it's going to be required. I mean, sometimes mm. forcing functions, um, can be a benefit where um, you're going to see a lot of adoption, you know, of these capabilities or even utilization of capabilities that may already be in their platform, right? Uh, and they just need to turn them on and customize them for their own business. And 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 as for us on the on the consumer side, I think we're going to see we're going to see a lot a lot more of that. Um, you know, and I hope that because of that, the goal is going to be you know you're going to see you're, you're going to actually have better customer experiences at the same time when when companies are going to be trying to drive out operating expenses and things like this just to remain competitive. Um, so, so I, I, I'm interested to see as we go into, you know, calendar year 2023, where there's going to be a decent amount of uncertainty, how businesses you know, make their, make certain moves to provide even better experiences for their clients, um, mm -hmm. you know, while, you know, while driving out costs. So, I mean, I, I yeah, it's only my recommendation to everyone is just engage, um, it's this, this stuff's new. Sometimes it's daunting. The thing not to do is, is hunker down. Um, uh, find, think of creative ways, find ways that you can use technology and AI, uh, and, and more advanced data science capabilities to, um, to, you know, progress forward, remain competitive while, while driving out a good amount of costs. So it's all about just reaching out, having conversations. There's great communities that are working on, yeah. um, on this new technology. Eric, this has been a great conversation. Uh, where can people go to learn more about some of the things that we talked about? Yeah, you can definitely. I mean, obviously, you can go to our website, you know, Nvidia.com. A lot of people don't know, um, you know, you know much about uh, what Nvidia is. Some people think of us as, you know, we're a, we're a semiconductor company or what have yeah. you. Um, we have we have thousands of very capable developer, software engineers uh, that uh, that want to engage um, in communities and with customers. And so if you have a challenge, we're more than happy to engage. If we can't help you out, we're happy to direct you, you know, in the right place. You know, I would go to, I would just go to NVIDIA.com and check out, um, check out some of the things we have around speech AI, around conversational AI, around NVIDIA Riva, which is our framework for speech AI. There's really interesting demos there. Um, and when you want to engage further, we can help you do that without any cost to you, right? We have a, even have a platform called NVIDIA Launchpad, which allows you to actually play with the um, Riva speech AI technology without having to 
buy any servers or rent any space in Amazon or Google or anything. You just do it right, right through NVIDIA all for free. And you can go, you can go, go through the entire workflow and learn how to customize speech AI for you. So that's all available on NVIDIA.com. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned, you know, some people don't know what you do. I, I think most people maybe still think of, NVIDIA as, oh, you make those great graphics cards for, for gaming. That's that's how I originally knew you guys. And we still do. <laughs> and we still do. But, but you know, that same technology, uh, that same technology is um, is really excellent when it comes to working with large amounts of data yeah. and to to drive these new uh, these new automated capabilities moving forward. Yeah, no, that's good to know. I actually I saw just briefly, I think uh, your co CEO and founder was actually a part of the Oracle uh, Cloud uh, World event I was at last week. It was pretty cool. So, I mean, yeah, it's so interesting to see how uh, NVIDIA has grown from that original kind of use case and, and product into all these enterprise-like things that most people were like, well, I didn't know NVIDIA was into, uh, into that. So it was, it's really cool to see how that's kind of taken place. Um, one last thing. This has been a great conversation, but I ask everybody who joins me a last parting question. And regardless of how great the conversation was, answer this the wrong way. And I might not ever talk to you again, not to put any pressure on you, but, you know, I just thought I'd put it out there. Um, so do you have a favorite NFL team? Oh, well, you know, you, I, I'm literally two miles away from Levi Stadium. So I'm going to go with the Niners. We're struggling a little bit, but uh, but I think I think some things are going to come around once we get healthy. Uh, so that's that's going to be my, I could give you a much longer answer. I grew up a Rams fan, but, you know, they got moved to St. Louis and I could never. I know I saw your I, I saw your hat. I, I, I see your shirt. I, I like and that's a. I, I don't. So, this you 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 have just made. There's usually only you know, one wrong answer, and it's not the Niners. It's the Patriots. I can't stand the Patriots. Yeah, Even I'm, not a, the Niners I'm, not a, I'm not a Patriots fan, but I'll tell you, I uh, when when I was a kid and the and the and they moved the team to St. Louis, I was just heartbroken. Um, and now <laughs> they're back, and so I'm giving them a little bit of hope. So okay, because you're you're getting ready to put me in a weird dilemma, like a Ram fan that went away and I'd never been like, uh, never had that answer before, but okay. I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm going to make a pass on that. Uh, you, they're back. Maybe you, they can rekindle that old feeling. I hope, well, I mean, they did win a super bowl, so that ought to help a little bit. So yeah, I'm, I'm that definitely helps. <laughs> but and, Eric, they have an, and they have an amazing stadium. So there, <laughs> there it is, Eric. It's been a pleasure speaking right, with you. Uh, thanks again for making the time. And thanks for folks to checking this out. And I'll see you later this week because I think we're doing CRM players tomorrow and uh, Thursday. So thanks again. And we will talk to you later. Take care.